Hello and welcome. You're listening to Song Stories, Quiet Stories. This podcast episode, The Temple and the Ledger, is number seven in the series from the new musical, Tales of Tila. I am your host, Carolyn Merced. My special guest, Gramatila, will arrive any minute now, so if you haven't yet listened to the earlier episodes in this series, it might be a good idea to do that now, then come back. No worries if you don't listen in order. The stories might make more sense if you did, though, and that would give her more time to get here. She's told me she'll visit us today and for a couple more of these episodes. Wouldn't you love for her to come back for more than that? I would, too. Many thanks to those of you who have already sent me your story contributions. Don't be surprised if they show up in a later episode. Are you listeners ready to get your Spanglish on? Oh, I think I hear her. Her moccasins hardly make a sound. And until a few episodes ago, she didn't usually knock. It sounds like she's now made it a habit. Grandma, you fooled me again. Let's see if she closes the door behind her. Well, what do you know? Hola, this is Tila Miera Trujillo. Not really, it's her granddaughter, La Carolina, pretending to be me. I don't mind. Don't you think it's time for her to be brave enough to be herself and use her own voice? Because of her, some of you have listened to my other stories and said to yourself, Why in the heck would she do something like that? I imagine she has had a little free time now and then. Listeners, what are some of the ways that you communicate with your family and friends when you are not standing right in front of them? I'm not talking about yelling at each other from across the room or the yard. And don't tell me you write messages on paper airplanes and fly them to each other. Don't be silly. I've heard that your telephones nowadays are really fancy and are not connected to the wall. I don't believe everything I hear. Listen now and find out how Trujillo and I left messages for each other. Find out who drove me and the kids who were still living at home the 11-hour journey to Mesa, Arizona, and how long it took my stubborn viejo to change his mind about going there with me. What is the longest you've had to wait for a loved one or friend to change their mind about something worthwhile that you really wanted them to do? What? You're still waiting? Don't lose hope. Jesse, Lorraine, it's time to wake up. Nora, please get Marcia dressed. Tito, make sure your driver's license is in your wallet and load the suitcases. Everyone, bring your pillows and your blankets and put them in the back of the truck. Come on, Mesa is 11 hours away from here. It was November 2nd, 1948, almost 30 years after we joined the church and got married, and I had waited long enough. Our reason for not going to the temple was we didn't have a way to get there. Now we had a truck. Gasoline was no longer rationed now that the war was over. 
Trujillo didn't want to leave work and the farm animals and wouldn't drive us to Arizona. He was nice enough to make a canvas canopy over the truck bed so the kids could ride back there, and he gave us money for gasoline and hamburgers and Cracker Jack. What? Me drive? Are you kidding? <laughs> I gave up driving right after I took down that fence. Trujillo, don't worry. Tito is more than pleased to drive us, and I am happy to let him. I am not happy that my husband doesn't want to get his temple endowment and get sealed to me. That is what you said. Who said you had to be perfect in order to get in? When did I say I was perfect? That is not what I said. They will let us stay at the Mesona Hall. Victor stayed there when he went to the temple last month. The church owns it, and they let people from Mexico who are going to the temple stay there. I know we are not Mexicanos. Don't worry, they will let us stay. Do you want to know what I wrote to him in the ledger? Oh, I haven't told you about the... Sometimes, Trujillo went to purchase Mercado on the way home from work, and one day, he brought home a ledger so that we could keep track of our expenses and purchases. I don't know who started it, but we also used it to write messages, mostly to tell each other off. Yes, it was nice that he made the back of the truck comfortable for the kids, but this is what I wrote to him. find you're all alone when I have gone to heaven you're not going to know what to do Latila will be up there with her family and new husband and we'll be very about you Your mouth will hang wide open and you'll be sad Pobrecito Pobrecito You poor man For so long I have been hoping that you would be glad my old man for forever now I'm mad my viejo for forever is that bad you might find you're alone when I'm in When I'm in heaven And I meant it I got over it when he changed his mind five years later In 1952, I went back to the Mesa Temple with him and some of our kids And we were all sealed to each other 
and to Madalena and Levi who died as babies. Praise the Lord. Now, you promise you won't tell. Another reason the kids and I went to Mesa that first time was because their brother, Arthur, was serving in the LDS Spanish-American mission and we missed him and wanted to visit. Nowadays, it's against the rules to go and see your child, your brother, or your friend while they are serving their mission. I admit it was against the rules then too, but what are you going to do? Turn me in? Good luck with that. I've been gone since 1971. Do you remember how I told you that after the war, the missionaries returned to Taos and lived in the back rooms of the chapel next to our house? One of them was named Elder Chatwin. How do I remember his name? Well, in the ledger, I wrote the names of the missionaries who lived next door while they served in Taos. But this one became my son-in-law. Which daughter of mine did he marry? Let me tell you the story. On the living room wall was a photo of my daughters, Lula, who was now married. Nora, in San Francisco, at a candy factory, Lorraine, a young teen, and eight-year-old Marcia. Don't look at Lorraine, she's too young for you. See this one on the right in California making chocolate. I want her to come home. Please write a letter that her mother wants her home. That is Nora. This is Nora. On the living room wall was the photo of my daughter. Elder Chatwin was a good missionary and a hard worker. Before his mission, he was in the Navy. He had dark, wavy hair and hazel eyes, loved chocolate, and had a fiancé of five years at home in Utah, so of course I had to play the matchmaker. When he became very sick from drinking water from the river, we took care of him in our home for a couple of weeks. And by that time, Nora was back in Taos and helped us. The mission president had him go to the mission home in El Paso to convalesce, but it was so close to the end of Elder Chatwin's mission that after a little while being there, he sent them home to Utah. Wally, his first name, broke off the engagement with his fiance and married my Nora in the temple in Salt Lake City. It was scandalous for two reasons. One, he broke off the engagement once he got back home. And two, he married a Mexican, a curse as his relatives called it. I didn't think we were that bad. Yes, I spent money. And that's why Trujillo bought the ledger. He accused me of cashing in two of the five savings bonds because he could only find three of them. I wrote to him, Judge not that ye be not judged. You could end up going to a very hot place for judging me falsely. 
He later found them. I don't know where. He wouldn't tell me. The ledger was where I jotted down important events to births, marriages, births, deaths. I wrote down those favorite recipes that I sang to you earlier. Trujillo drew a map of our property and wrote down a few remedies for trouble sermons like this one. If people pelt you with hard words, read the 15th chapter of John and the 51st Psalm. If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. And this one. If the stovepipe has fallen down and the cook's gone loco, put up the pipe and wash your hands and read the first chapter of James. The trying of your faith worketh patience. And this one. If you pound your finger and feel like it's necessary to do a little cussing, just hold your breath a second and read the third commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. I bet you'd like to know how much things cost back then. I just happened to keep a record. In 1936, our first washing machine. $36.49. Our radio to $149. To heels, not happy. He can't play it when he wants to. I say, burro, you are stubborn. Everything has a limit. The radio plays all day and it's tiring. He says, when you're away, I don't have to play it to cover up your nagging. I can't I can't Waffle iron, $29. Silverware, a hundred and five. Gee. To twin beds and mattresses, two hundred and five. To heal, bought a power saw, three hundred dollars. Then I bought my dishes, my fiesta wear. August 20th, 1941, $69. First payment, $25. Balance, $44.31. Trujillo wrote, She forgot the Kirby. $125, the Maytag 203. Now you know the price we paid for modern conveniences. So, on special occasions, while we cheerfully listened to the radio, I served his waffles on the fiesta-ware dishes, and he ate them with a fancy fork and knife on the real nice table he made with the power saw. I vacuumed up his mess afterwards and washed his, I mean our, clothes in the Maytag, and we each went to sleep on a separate twin mattress bed. Not really. I was kidding. We bought those for the kids. But if I die before I buy anything else, and before I am old, which I hope I don't, whoever has taken good care of Dad and me 
will be entitled to our junk. I think Trujillo is going to be hard to handle. Be sure and make him take a bath at least twice a week. Buy a nice cane for him so he won't fall and hurt himself. And don't let him get married if I die before he does. Don't let him stay home from church. Por favor, drive him to the temple. I'll leave you some money for hamburgers along the way. Since I've told you what my name was, I'm glad that you've received me. Our ancestors came from Spain thus. This name will always please me. As compelling as my story sounds, I'm thrilled to say he's come around. Our names roll nimbly off the tongue, far better spoken than sung. Juan Manuel y María Otila Domitila Miera. Comitila. Trujillo. Somos los Trujillos. So, you have now heard some of my stories, my tales. If I hadn't written anything down about my life before I left, my granddaughter, La Carolina, would be telling you a bunch of baloney about me right now. So, go home now, safely. Find a notebook and a good pen. Your life is more interesting than you think it is. Start writing. Your grandchildren will love you for it, and your loved ones here on the other side with me will help you. ¿Estamos listos? Are we ready? Vámonos. Let's go. You've just listened to the last scene of Tales of Tila. Don't be sad. La Carolina is gathering more stories and tales from my grandchildren and other relatives, and we'll be back to tell and sing them to you. I hope they're true and flattering, though. Do you want to hear my earlier musical stories? Maybe you've missed a few episodes of this. What is this thing that you're listening to called? A podcast? La Carolina would be so grateful if you'd listen to them. This is what you should do. Write this down so you don't forget. If you weren't already there, go to mycarolinmercet.com. Everyone thinks her last name is French and puts an extra T in there, so La Carolina says I have to spell it out for you. Here we go. M-Y-C-A-R-O-L-Y-N. M-U-R-S-E-T. That's her website, and she wants you to subscribe either there or at iTunes or Google Play. Sometimes I feel like I'm speaking a foreign language. I get so distracted. Now, then, look for the little brown square with my picture on it with the words Tales of Tila. You know what to do from there. From what I hear lately, a three-year-old could show you how. That little square photo of me is a good one, isn't it? That was taken when Nora was a baby. My hair is combed nicely, 
and I'm pretending she isn't screaming her head off while my mother bounces her off to the side of that backdrop because six-year-old Lula took away her rattle. I tell you these kids. Hasta luego. Until later. You've just listened to Song Stories, Quiet Stories podcast, Episode 7, The Temple and the Ledger, from the new musical Tales of Tila. Contact me and let me know how you're doing with the writing prompts. You can find them in bold lettering in the notes for this episode and the others at mycarolynmerset.com. Once there, you can also subscribe to this podcast and check out my events page. Thanks for listening. Thanks for writing. This is your host, Carolyn Merced, a.k.a. La Carolina. <laughs>